hello hello and welcome we are back it's trucking answers where you get me only through your ear hole and not through any other hole we are here usually twice a week we're gonna say now nah, we stopped giving a date because dates are so moving around you know what i'm saying i don't know so uh i'm here with my co-host gracie but she's out looking at birds who apparently found their way out of the snow last night for those of you that were up here in northern indiana it was snowing huge flakes last night wow surprising we're already in spring and it was snowing like crazy and those big flakes and you know what i'm talking about when i'm saying big flakes you know what i'm talking about I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but I think we all know what I'm talking about. These huge flakes, and uh, there were some wrecks and stuff out here, so that's not great. But I'm sure Gracie will pop in at any moment. We're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news. And in the third half of the show, we are going to have yet another reason we don't live on Mars. Do you know why we're not living on Mars right now? We could be, except there's too many stupid, idiot, moronic people on this planet that hold us back they're stopping us from progress because we have to support them with our tax dollars and buy them dried cheese sandwiches instead of living on mars where we all belong and we know it so that's very unfortunate and we will talk about that in just a little bit as kind of a public service announcement i don't know if you saw this in the news police pulled over a truck i think it was a tanker truck okay in a day cab and it had one of those stretch frames. He had all these lights on it. Did you see this, right? He had a bunch of lights that are not legal because they are the wrong color. Be very careful of this, okay? Be very, very careful. He had a bunch of blue lights on the truck. You cannot have blue lights, period. They're for emergency vehicles only. Your old pal Mark here had an encounter with the uh, law enforcement many years ago over this same issue. And uh, because I had no idea, I had, you know, I don't remember where I was working. It's so long ago. You know, once you get in your extreme upper 30s, you forget everything. But I can't remember if the truck was blue. It seems like the truck and trailer were white, but it had blue lettering. And so I took the work lights in the back of the tractor and change them to blue. This was years ago. These were an LED. You just had a metal snap ring which took out and a lens popped out. And so I bought blue lenses and put them back there. And then I ran those lights at night. It lit the front of the trailer blue. I thought it looked pretty good. And one night in Nevada, of all places, I'm cruising along and get pulled over. And uh, this lady cop, who actually I don't know she's a lady because according to the new Supreme Court, uh, you know, justice who will likely be uh, confirmed, I'm not a biologist, so I have no way to determine her sex. Um, you know, there's no how other can uh, there's no other way to know other than consult a biologist. So since I'm not one, um, I don't know. We'll say uh, just an officer walked up to the truck, and uh, the person, the officer, who I just assume is a woman, probably wrongly now. I mean, <laughs> what the heck? <clears throat> Otherwise, uh, you know, <laughs> she is like, do you know why I pulled you over? And I'm like, no, which I didn't. And she's like, you had these blue lights on, you know, uh, that's for law enforcement only. You cannot have those lights. She goes, I will not give you a ticket if you take them out right now. And I'm like, okay, they're out of there. <laughs> so I popped them back up with the white lenses back in there. And I'm like, I'm like, I was going to give her the blue thing. I go, here, you can have them. She goes, no, but you can't use them. She goes, I can't take them from you, but you cannot use them. You can't have blue. And that was many years ago. And here, this truck just got pulled over again. Same thing. Look, here in Indiana, green lights in Indiana are volunteer firemen, okay? You cannot have them on. You can't even have them here 
in your vehicle even if they're off. How about that? How about that? So like blue lights, tractor, personal vehicle, you can't have them even if they're not turned on. So putting lights on colors that are not allowed is just not a good idea anymore. Here's the thing. Forward, you can only have white or amber. And rear, red or amber. That's it. Okay, other colors not allowed. It's a pullover like this truck was pulled over that they showed. They can impound your vehicle here in Indiana. Okay, for impersonating a police vehicle, an emergency vehicle, I think is what they call it. They can impound it. It can go all the way up to being impounded. You can get a ticket. There's different things. You just can't run these different colored lights. Okay, you can't, and you can't even have them even if they're off because they're for emergency vehicles only. So be careful. If you're going to change these light colors out to where it looks cool or whatever, you just really can't. All right, so, uh, you know, I'm now on trucks, I'll put red lenses back there on the, on the back of the tractor. You could run those. And then, especially because I end up bobtailing sometimes, sometimes all the way back from uh, the natty, I'll bobtail back. And these are like extra rear-facing lights because, look, let's face it, Rear lighting on the back of a tractor, not great. Two tiny lights, usually smaller than car lights. I mean, come on, uh, considering what's back there. So having a couple extra lights, especially in the fog and stuff, very helpful. So, But I run them red now. They're actually white on this one because they're LED, so I haven't changed those out. If I was going to keep a tractor any length of time, I'd probably put red lenses over them. But uh, because we don't keep them, you know, I think that actually today is probably my last day with the sleeper, as I've been informed. So back to day cab so i don't do anything to the truck you just don't you just don't do anything if you're not going to keep the truck so that's a story with different colored lights though that driver got pulled over and got numerous tickets as the police said for having these lights you can't do that be careful so mississippi has a program and probably what i'm going to say is going to seem insensitive but you know what mm, uh you know as long as will smith doesn't come by and slap me i'm probably okay so, look, um, Mississippi has a program now to train the homeless to drive semis. Okay. I'm okay with that. You know, uh, it's funny. They're going to go, hey, you're homeless. Why don't you come here and drive a semi and be homeless uh, while you're driving? <clears throat> because if you don't have a place to live, you're still homeless, as we talked about a few times. And we'll show at the truck show. If you don't have a residence, you, uh, you know, you are considered homeless still. So, that's nice. Other anyways, anyways, I know, I know, I'm getting to it. So they feature this lady, all right, and I'm all for people working. I think it's great. They trained her to drive an under 26,000-pound bus. She goes like an elderly person bus. Well, you know, I've looked into driving the bus here at the Indiana Veterans Home because I thought, oh, you know what, that'd be a great idea. They have a small, you know, bus where they take people around and stuff. It doesn't pay crap. It doesn't pay anything. It pays nothing. Yeah, look, even city bus here, the transit only starts at fifteen ninety four an hour. And they're union. All right, so I don't know that training people to drive a transit bus or whatever is a way. I guess that's better than not working, but only barely. The other thing, look, God love this lady. She's got seven kids. Now look, maybe, just maybe, I'm just throwing this out there. If you don't have any money, maybe it's not a good idea to have any more kids. Just saying mark things happen okay seven kids seven kids okay seven kids and what she says which i love hey i'm gonna upgrade this uh <clears throat> get my license and go on the road you have seven kids why would you leave your seven kids all right i always wonder that why do people leave their kids and be gone 
but um, she could get a job and be home, you know, to be with her kids. But uh, that's really something. Seven kids. Hey, they taught me to drive an elderly bus, you know, where I get $12 an hour. That is not a, any kind of benefit. You can go walk into a fast food restaurant and get $15 an hour. Almost all of them here. Wendy's is 14 but uh, pretty much around here, it's 15 bucks you can get just walking in, even being homeless, because I know Lafayette Urban Ministries uh, here and the Salvation Army, I have volunteered at the Salvation Army Food Pantry before, and I know they will let you use them as an address if you're homeless so that you can get a job. So there's always a way. Where there's a will, basically there is a way. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I thought that was Will Smith. I said will for a minute. But um, there's a will, there's a way. I'm just saying, you look. Maybe, maybe no more kids for at least uh, you know a year or two. That'd be a great idea. But teaching someone to drive a bus that doesn't pay anything—I never think that's a good idea. If you're going to get an education where you're trying to upgrade somebody's life, give them skills where they can go make some money. You know, don't give them the skills where they're barely going to get by. And plus, if you have seven kids, it's tough to make it on like twelve or thirteen dollars an hour. But don't give them like minimal skills. Here's just a minimal thing: you can go just go drive a little bus around. Go give people a skill and say, look, we're going to teach you how to drive a semi. We're going to get you a local job so you can be home with your kids. <clears throat> you can go make some money. That's what they need to do. It's a good idea that needs to be better implemented. And I'm sure it's got a bunch of government grants and stuff on it. But, you know, look, here's the thing about that. They're paying people anyways. If you're homeless, you're getting some kind of benefits generally anyhow, especially if you have seven kids. So you might as well spend them. You're spending the money either way, right? Now, people, uh, a number of astute viewers wrote to me about this with Werner. Okay, Werner got an exemption from the FMCSA so that people with a permit but uh, that have passed all the tests but don't have their license yet do not have to have somebody sitting in the passenger seat with them that has a license. And people are like, Mark, how can this be or whatever? And I'm like, look, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Because here's the thing. The people have passed everything. The only thing they don't have is the actual physical license. That's it. That's the only difference. They have nothing more to do. They just haven't gone to get, they haven't been back because the company hasn't gotten them back, but they haven't gotten their physical license. They don't have any more testing. <clears throat> they don't have any more, you know, road tests. They don't have anything else to do. So what the FMCSA said, and which I agree with, is that they're licensed. They just don't have the license. You know, for like here, when I renew my license plate online, I don't, it's renewed. I just don't have the sticker. They mail you the sticker in the mail. So, but that time in between the renewal, I've done everything it is to renew the plate except get the sticker, which I'm waiting for. But does that mean the plate is invalid? No. And it's the same with this. If you take all your tests, you've passed everything, you have the certificate or whatever that you're going to go down to the DMV, the BMV here in Indiana, and say, here, give me my license, and they give it to you. Once you've done all that, you're licensed. Okay. You really are licensed. Now, whether you are experienced enough to drive or whatever that's another story but for the purposes here should they be able to drive well in america once you get your license you can drive without somebody in the passenger seat and the only difference here is these people don't actually have the physical license other than that they're licensed so you know what i'm okay with it i just wish i wish people would stop going to these larger places like this and, uh, you know, Werner's just using them then, of course, to team and not pay them much. And it's kind of disappointing. And that's at a lot of places. But look, they are licensed, just don't have the license. So for this kind of, you know, exemption, 
Yeah, and what the FMCSA said is they've already allowed it at other companies, and no one can show, which they haven't yet, that this is any less safe than you know having somebody in the passenger seat. And I'll be honest with you. Let's be honest. Let can we be honest? Can we talk here? Can we, who remembers that? Okay, write in for a special prize, which will be a letter back from me, an email. <laughs> but uh, can we talk? Here's the thing. They probably would get in the sleeper anyway. Let's just be honest about it. Because the 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 thing is, when you're training at these companies, they don't pay you to train. They pay you a mile, which they shouldn't do. It should just be a flat rate to the trainer. They But they don't. It's a per mile rate. And so the trainer, they have every incentive to run more miles because they get more money. They're, they don't have any incentive to train people. They have the incentive to run more miles. And so if the company's doing that, that's probably what was happening anyway. So let's talk about these New Jersey goofballs. And I don't mean a new baseball team that's going in out there. They were some goofballs at uh, the Vince Lombardi rest area. I don't exactly know where that is. Uh, they were going to go out and block the turnpike, apparently. Because why? High fuel prices. They need help with the fuel prices. Here's where we go again. Here's This is always some kind of thing. Nobody likes the government until they want help from the government. You don't have a right to fuel at all, much less at a certain price. And I'll tell you this, if you have a business and you're an owner operator and you do not make money, why would you continue doing that? A couple of these goobers, and one of them had a jacket that I know is several hundred dollars, nice, uh, were talking and saying, you know, I'm just breaking even. Why would you go in and break even? So you don't make any money, but you don't lose any money. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you be a company driver and go make a couple of thousand bucks a week and be home every day? Why wouldn't you do that? You see that? Well, Mark, I want to be an owner-operator. All right, then shut the heck up about it and go be an owner-operator and don't make any money. I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to say about it. I think it's stupid. But you cannot go to the government and say, lower the fuel price. It isn't the government's purview to do that. Whatever the price of fuel is, is what it is. Pay it. All right? You don't have a right to it much less a right to it at a certain price. And good, go out of business, and then the rates will go up for everybody else. I don't know why you're taking low rates. I know several owner-operators, all right? One I keep up with pretty regularly. It's getting 4 to $6 a mile right now to the truck. I'll tell you what, I have never owned a truck. If somebody started giving me $4 a mile all day long, I can go get a truck and no problem make money. 4 bucks a mile and buy fuel, all right, at $5 a gallon. No problem, because I'm not running some, you know, 1983 Pete out here getting 2.8 miles to the gallon. That's the thing. And if I couldn't, I'd get rid of it and throw in the towel and say, well, you know what? This is just not going to be the thing for me, I guess. But I would never go to the government and say, you need to help me because I don't know what I'm doing. It just aggravates me to no end. People do it about gas prices for their car as well. I just don't like it, all right? Whatever the price is, go pay it. Maybe don't buy that gigantic pickup truck. Maybe have a tiny car to get 40 miles to the gallon, and gas isn't so much of a big deal. I ended up at uh, almost 29, 28.8 or 7 miles to the gallon to round trip down there uh, to Louisville, and I think that's pretty acceptable. Four-wheel drive, right? I'll take it. You know, I'll take that kind of uh, fuel mileage all day long, but... You know, if I got 10 miles a gallon, I'd have to really think, well, do I want to buy, you know, 43 gallons of gas? It was 430-some mile round trip to do this. Maybe, maybe not. It depends. But I wouldn't complain about the price, okay? I would find a way to, to uh, you know, alleviate that price. I've always, always commuted in a small car. 
my whole life, I've always had a small car for myself to commute in. No matter if I was going close, went somewhere far, went somewhere far away, it just doesn't make any sense to have a commuter car that's any bigger than something that just surrounds you and keeps the rain off of you. These guys, which is funny, they didn't even have enough people to do it. And they were going to block the turnpike, okay? They should be arrested if that happens. Like I always say about these people, when you go out, if you're blocking a road, all right, arrest. All right, I've never agreed with the even the 45-mile-an-hour minimum speed limit. I don't agree with it. It's unsafe. Everybody should be traveling at the same speed. I know it's legal, so they can't do anything. I don't like it. These people said they were going to block the road. We plan on, and they're going to get together again. This isn't over. This isn't over. Well, if, you know, instead of doing that, maybe go get some freight that pays something instead of taking the time to block the interstate. We need the common people to understand. That's what he said. How will they understand that? That's the other question. So I'm some common person, and uh, I'm driving along, and I come upon these old trucks blocking the interstate. Now what? I go, oh. I get it now. No, what does that mean? Uh, certainly almost no one in a car has a CB. Hardly anybody. So he, you couldn't really talk to him. I guess you can hang some uh, sign with a bunch of misspellings on it and no punctuation that maybe people could try to read, uh, you know, back there. Otherwise, what's the point? And do you think the public can help you? What are they going to do? Oh, somebody driving around in the, oh, you know what? I'll get this taken care of. I own Amico. Come on. You know, uh, I own the BP gas stations. No, absolutely not. You are not a, entitled to fuel any amount of it, and you're not entitled to it at any certain price. If you cannot successfully run a business, it should close. And that would help the other owner-operators that are left because the less trucks, the higher the rates. So that's what we want. We don't want everybody going to buy a truck, or you shouldn't if you're an owner-operator. High truck prices help the owner-operators that are already out there because people can't get a truck and rates stay high and so that's good for people that are already out in the industry and uh, you know the owner operators i know know are doing fine uh, in the industry doing no problem so if these people can't make it off they go to uh bankruptcy land more real talk <clears throat> so apparently british columbia there's a truck stop up there and residents have been complaining because it fills up at night and a and right, and uh, truckers just park in the area, like on roads and stuff, and leave trash everywhere. So some residents took a bunch of pictures and sent it to the city council member. And this was uh, this was in landline. Landline's all up in arms about it. And uh, the city council member's like, "Yeah, well, you know, the truckers in the area, there's pigs." And let's be honest, some truckers are pigs. Right? Landline's like, "Oh, well, they're impugning the reputation of truck drivers." Well, look, here's the thing: if you are going to park. Why do you need to throw your trash out of your truck on the side of the road? Let me ask you that. Why is that? Why do you have to do that? And some of the trash probably came from the truckers, you know, physically. You know what I'm saying? You are a pig if you do that. Okay, let's landline can't just say, oh, well, you can never say anything bad about truck drivers. It's because there isn't parking. You do not have to throw your trash out of your truck just because you can't find a parking spot. When they have these pictures, the side of the roads, it looks like a trash dump. Okay, honestly. And they said that's every night. They go clean it up. They call the city, clean it up. It's the same thing the next night. You are a pig if you do that. Come on, let's be honest about it. We are our own worst problem in a lot of these situations. This is why some Walmarts and, you know, stores and stuff, they don't want trucks parking there. 
you know, I don't let trucks park in the neighborhood that I live in. It's no trucks. And when trucks come down, I'm on the phone, right? I get them out of here because of this very problem. That's why this happens. Drivers, you go look in a parking lot, go over here, just come to Lafayette here. Get off at exit 172 and go down to uh, the Walmart there a couple miles. Go in the parking lot. They let trucks park there. It's a disaster. Go look around the edge of the parking lot. Okay? It's a mess. Do you think that all those uh, bags of poop came from people in their cars? Okay, they didn't. They didn't. They came from drivers. It's disgusting. And if you do that, you're a pig. Okay? And it's the guy's right. What they should do there is just tow all the trucks away. If you, you can't park on the street there and just tow them away because it's ridiculous. Residents shouldn't have to put up with that. And for landline to give drivers a pass on it and, uh, you know, say something. About, no, it's not right. When you're throwing your trash out the window, you're a pig and you deserve to be called that. Keep your trash with you and throw it out in an appropriate receptacle, as they say. How about that for a large college word for tra- truck drivers? There's no reason. No reason to do that. Because look, look what happens then. You know what is going to happen? They are going to ban trucks. What they should do is put those big bollards up so you can't get down the streets. And simple as that. So that the drivers can't go down there. It's just ridiculous. And Landline ought to be more, uh, you know, about making the industry better by even calling out drivers when they need to be called out. If you're throwing poo bags out of your truck, right, you need to be called out. You are a pig and you need to be called out. It isn't right. It isn't right. We cannot live like that and then demand to be treated like professionals by our companies, by the public, by the government. You just can't. Do you think executives do that when they're driving around in their car, throwing out bags? Okay, it's just like that. I'm, it just doesn't happen. Okay, so you want to be a professional, you have to be a professional. You know, there's a little hook. My truck has a little hook to hook, hold a little plastic bag, and you fill the little bag up. That's what we do here. And when the bag's full, you can throw the bag out in a garbage can and put a new bag there. That's pretty nice, isn't it? So, uh, hey, you may want to try that up there in British Columbia. And for that, for Landline to not call out drivers that are doing this, uh, that's kind of, you know, disingenuous. You can't just give people a 100% pass because of a CDL. They can just do whatever they want, live, uh, you know, amongst their own filth. It isn't right, and it hurts when we allow drivers to do that and won't call them out, that hurts the reputation of the industry as much as the, you know, the actual throwing of the garbage out. So we need to call that out and they get called out. So that's what's happening in up at BC. Well, we have the Biden administration now that is going to, uh, within the next few years, up the fuel economy standards to 49 miles per gallon. Oh, yeah. They said that it'll actually be 39 miles to the gallon in real-world driving. Okay, 39 miles to the gallon. Um, because of the way the test is run. Although, I always beat the sticker on the car. Uh, some people don't, and then they complain about it. Mark, I go 90 miles an hour, I only get 10 miles a gallon. Yeah, okay, so f- that's pretty high, 49, okay, in testing. It's uh, in the high 20s right now, is all vehicles are doing. They'll still let companies buy credits from electric car manufacturers like Tesla. That's how Tesla makes a lot of their money. They sell credits to other companies. So when you go buy that big, uh, gigantic V8 Dodge, they had to buy a bunch of credits to sell you that car because it only gets, you know, 14 miles to the gallon or whatever. That's how it works. These standards have been going up over the years. This is a, it's 8% a year. It has to go up. And by the end of the dec- decade, as John Kennedy said, the, at the end of the decade, Uh, They said that they want 50% of vehicles sold, 50% to be zero emission, which would be, of course, electric. Although I guess it could be the Toyota Mirai, which is hydrogen powered. 
at the moment. There's a Hyundai out also, which a Nexios, I can't remember the name of it, uh, that is also a hydrogen car. It's only available in a couple of states. I don't think they sell the Hyundai here, but you can get a Toyota in California. Those are zero emission because the way hydrogen works, all you get out the tailpipe is water, so they don't consider that an emission. Nobody really buys those cars. Electric cars coming only by force, though, as we see, by force. They, they're they so great. Everybody that writes to me that has a mark, they're so great. Well, if they're so great, why do you have to force people to buy them? Wouldn't people just go buy them? That's how. That's what it would seem like to me. Let the market decide what people want to buy. If they want an electric car, that's great. I thought about that, too, for my uh, trip to Mid-America Truck Show. So I went for about 430 miles or so. And that's a little more than a Model 3 would have had in range. So I would have had to charge one time. But I had to stop for gas one time. Uh, charging would have taken longer than my gas pit stop, certainly, at the old Shell station, Shell Rooney station there south of Indianapolis where I stopped. <clears throat> but uh, that's all I would have had to do is one charging for it. So at the moment, something like I would say the best deal at the moment is probably a Chevy Volt, which they don't make anymore unfortunately because you could run 50 to 55 miles or so on electric which you plug into a wall outlet at your house and charge it overnight you wouldn't need a special charger for it and then it has an engine that starts and you can run about 250 to 300 miles on a tank and you just continue to fill it up because the engine actually is a generator that produces electricity it still runs as an electric car then once you get somewhere, you can plug it in. So for most of your commuting duties, which I got to say duty, most people commute 50 or 60 miles a day or less, like 90% of people. So that car would work great. You would never need to go anywhere, but you wouldn't have to, to You wouldn't have to get gas, but you wouldn't have to worry like, oh, I want to go do run this errand, but I only have, I'll only barely have enough to get back because it has an engine. So you don't have to worry about range on it. But most of the time, it runs in electric. In fact, it's set up to run electric so much that it will burn through a tank of gas a year at least if you don't. So it'll run the engine to burn the gasoline out so that uh, while you're driving so that the gas doesn't go bad. Because I don't know if people know this, gas goes bad. Six months to a year, gasoline goes bad. It gets stale. It gets stale. You have to put that stay bill that Paul Harvey, Paul Harvey, good day used to advertise for all the time if you're going to sit a car or really anything that has uh you know gasoline and i would always add that to my motorcycle if it had any gas in it. i should have just run it out but i did now i would always buy a stay bill because i figured how am i going to get this thing started next year so i would just put the stay bill <laughs> i put stay bill in the gas when i parked the old uh, kz 400 for the winter time so there's a policy recommendation going around congress right now um that they eliminate the transportation exemption to the Fair Labor Standards Act. And people write to me all the time about this. Mark, we need to get uh, you know minimum wage. We need to get paid. Uh, it's a common theme that I hear. And I think the bigger problem is not Congress. Because, okay, so they eliminate that and you get seven thirty-five an hour. Then what? Then what? Because you're only going to get the federal. You're not going to get state by state. There's no way. The best case, best case scenario is you're going to get federal. Okay, now you're getting 735. Congratulations. I mean, is that great? Uh, I don't think so. <clears throat> Likely, it would only apply to work time. And with the way drivers uh, creep around and off-duty all their time, uh, I said duty again, I don't know how much more you're going to get. I don't know if it's a help. Sh should it be eliminated? Yes. 
it should be because there shouldn't be an exemption, a carve-out, a cutaway for anybody in society to be like a second-class citizen and say, these people, you don't have to pay them anything. They're not worth anything. They're garbage. They're less than garbage. You don't have to pay them. Everybody, every person who is an employee should be paid for their time that they work, period. But the real solution to this is people should not work unless they're getting paid. Okay, that is really the easiest solution, even though it seems to be the most difficult from what I'm seeing from people, because I'll tell people, oh, because some people write in, they have a lot of time where they're not paid, like a lot, like days a week. They're broke down and they don't get paid anything. Okay, you are asked to stay out. You should get paid, period. Okay, that and the company can't say, well, you know, they're not making money. That's too bad. That's too bad. Example, I work at Burger King and the machine that I use breaks down and I have to just sit there. Do you think they don't have to pay me? They have to pay me until either the machine works or I get to go home. Okay, they release me from work and say, you can go home. Simple as that. Not, well, we're, you have to stay here, but we're not going to pay you because most trucking companies want you to be responsible for the unit. <laughs> um, and so that should all be paid time. But the solution is just to not get, not to work you know, don't work without getting paid where you see hours and then sometimes days, though some places <clears throat> just say like breakdown doesn't pay anything or after a day, they'll give you $50 or something. That's ridiculous. Okay. That kind of thing is ridiculous and should be paid for your time. Companies should pay you for your time by the hour when you are an employee plus overtime. But if you're not getting that, you have to go work somewhere else. What I guess I don't understand is somebody who is not being paid and is lobbying the government to get them paid, you know, hey, stop this so I can get minimum wage for this time. Why don't you just go work somewhere else? I'm And I'm serious about that. That's not like a flippant thing. It's not like there's not other driving jobs, okay? A quick search just around here within 100 miles of me, I'm finding easily 27 to $35 an hour plus overtime at many places, many places within 100 miles of Lafayette, Indiana. Okay, so you can get hourly, and that by the way, those kind of jobs, that'd be $2,000 a week or more and home every day, uh, because generally the home every day is where you're going to get hourly pay, so you're going to get paid for your time. And so to say, oh, well, you know, there's nothing or whatever, I, I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> I mean, if we want to wait for the government, okay, look how long it's been. That was 1938 when that went into effect. It's still in effect. All right. So maybe in the next, uh, you know, I don't know, 80, 90 years, we'll get that changed. I mean, seriously, seriously. And it so it comes up and you get 735. That's not a great solution to it. The real solution to your pay problems are you. Everything, every place that we come to, everywhere we are, right? Decisions brought us there and decisions can take us out of there. You're going to have to make a decision to say to your life, I will no longer tolerate not getting paid. And then from then on, do not tolerate not getting paid. All right, just make it just as simple as that. So uh, that, I think, is the solution. Should people get paid? Yes. There's no reason drivers should be subject to, you know, these conditions that say this person is has so little value that they really don't have any value. So you don't have to give them any kind of compensation at all. That's what that says. These people are set off from the rest of society as uh, less than, you know, there are a different class of people in the caste system of the United States, and you don't have to pay them anything. You don't have to give them anything at all. 
<laughs> the funny thing is, and not really funny, I guess, is that people accept it. There's only the caste system only works when people accept it. <clears throat> and it works the same with drivers. The no pay system only works when drivers accept no pay. They look through the, the how it is at a company. They go to company A. Here's what we pay. Here's what we don't pay. We don't pay for this. We don't pay for this. You got to wait two hours for this. You don't get paid for breakdown. You know, oh, okay. Yeah. Where do I sign up? You see, that's the problem. That's the problem right there. Put down that pen and go somewhere else. Go, oh, no, no, no. Thanks. Uh, I don't work without getting paid. You know, that's that's the real solution. And companies, if they couldn't get people, they'd have to pay you. I don't know why that's not a better solution than trying to get the government to change a law that's been in effect for, you know, 85 years. But, hey, what do I know about anything? Apparently, uh, apparently not much of anything. So there you go. So President Biden, who is a known truck driver, but I do not know what sex he is because I'm not a biologist. As an aside. Do you want a Supreme Court justice that cannot determine what someone's sex is? Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's what we've come to in this country. That's why the country's circling the toilet. Because we have to say, I don't know, I'm not a biologist. How do I know? Okay, anyways. Anyways, off on a tangent. President Biden is going to release oil from the Strategic Reserve. Okay, one million barrels per day for the next six months. You know what comes up in six months? Elections. Okay, but that has nothing to do with anything, of course. <clears throat> one million barrels per day for six months. Oh, it says over one million barrels per day. People ask me, eh, no one's actually asked me this. I looked it up. How much oil is in the strategic reserve? I didn't know. Okay, 593 million barrels. So we're going to release 180 plus million of those barrels. Why? Because people are griping at the price of gas. Because of Putin's price hike, as Biden calls it, which is totally not true. <clears throat> as they said, since President, um, since uh, Putin invaded uh, Ukraine, uh, gas prices are up 11%, but they're up, you know, 100% since Biden took office. So let's call it Biden's price hike. All right. So anyways, anyways, um, less on politics and more on this. A million plus barrels per day of 593 million. It's a strategic reserve in case we can't get oil. Not because gas is up because Biden won't, uh, you know, do what he's supposed to do and let people drill and do all this other stuff. So anyway, there goes our strategic reserve, a large portion of it. So 593, let's say they get out of get rid of 200 million because it said over 1 million barrels per day. So that would be down to 393. That's a large percentage of it. What? Just so that the elections go his way. This is the problem with putting people in power that have this kind of power. So either way, it should actually reduce the price of gas and probably diesel as well. I don't know how much. I haven't actually been able to find out what people, how much people think it will reduce it. Because what could happen as they release this is uh, people could just um, drill less of it because the price of it you know will go down and so it will result in less drilling we don't want the price to go down so either way we'll see what happens uh today gas is 412 here in uh beautiful lafayette indiana at meyer so that's the uh that's a story on the strategic reserves Ooh, i thought this was interesting jd power you know you know the jd power people they just did a survey of people with three-year-old vehicles okay three-year-old vehicles to see which ones are uh have the best dependability stuff like that so number one in dependability three-year-old vehicles kia what do you think about that kia and then buick and then hyundai toyota dodge how about that how about that in the premium category genesis 
Genesis first, okay, which is a Hyundai, Kia Hyundai product. Then Lexus, a Porsche, of course, Cadillac, which I'm surprised about, and Lincoln, which has not done good in uh, these surveys usually. Uh, generally, it's because people coming into a Lincoln have had one for a while. They may have an old town car. <clears throat> they get in a new one, and there's a lot of technology. That's usually what happens. Okay, so the best uh, vehicles in each segment. Compact car, the most reliable compact car, three-year-old compact car, Toyota Corolla. Sporty car, compact sporty car, Miata. But how many compact sporty cars are there really? Okay, so the most reliable midsize car, Hyundai Sonata. And the most reliable large car from three years ago, Chevy Impala, which I think was the last year for the Impala 19, I think so. And minivan Dodge Grand Caravan, which I'm very surprised about. <clears throat> I'm surprised it wasn't a Sienna, to be honest with you. SUVs, small SUV, Buick Encore. All right, made in China. Love it. And a compact SUV Envision, Buick Envision. I'm surprised Buick is doing very good on these. You know, midsize Hyundai Santa Fe. And uh, large one, Suburban. All right, Suburban, indestructible. Pickup truck, Frontier. But that thing, the three years ago, oh, my God, the Frontier is so old. Light duty, I said duty again. Toyota Tundra, always a perennial, uh, you know, favorite. And large truck, Silverado HD. <clears throat> Premium brand, compact BMW 4 Series. Uh, forget that. Premium midsize MKZ. As long as you can get the two liter on those, you know the two liter on them are a problem. With the same engine I have. Small SUV, the UX Lexus UX. That thing is so tiny. I sat in one. Oh my god, it's to there's no way I'm paying like forty three thousand dollars for something the size of an EcoSport. I mean, come on. All right, the seats are nice, but come on. Midsize RX. They sell a lot of those Lexus, and then uh, midsize uh, upper midsize. It says upper like a super Porsche Cayenne. Porsche Cayenne. And, of course, infotainment systems are the top source of complaints, always, always. Even that was when I was selling cars. People just cannot understand because they'll go from a car and then they get a newer car and they just can't get the technology. Part of it is the salesmen don't even know how to use it half the time. So they don't show people how to use it correctly. And uh, people get in their car and it doesn't work right for them. And they don't know how to do what to do what it needs to do in it. you know. And so take a lot of time. Read your owner's manual. You ever read it? Okay, read it. Figure all the features out on your car and learn how to use them. I mean, cars have a lot of features now, you know, a lot of buttons and stuff. So, uh, hey, get all these features out and use them. You know, coming back from my trip, right, I have serious uh, navigation and serious traffic and serious, uh, you know, roadside and all that. So I'm hitting the button. I'm looking at gas prices and stuff, pulling all the stuff up for me right on the screen of the uh, escape, all the gas prices in the area, where gas is, directions, whatever I need to do. All this kind of stuff that's got a hotel prices and everything on there right on the screen. People don't even realize a lot of stuff can do this, you know, in your car. And these are a lot of complaints of the cars. But I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, Kia, considering, uh, you know, where they were years ago, you know, Hyundai came over here with the Excel, which was a piece of garbage. Garbage. I remember I sold an Excel to a person and they wanted a one with certain features or whatever. And we found one in St. Louis. Okay. This is really something. This is a long time ago, you know, when Hyundai Excels were out. And I don't know why they did this, but the dealer agreed to dealer trade because that dealer wanted one that we had. And so what happens is they have people, hikers, they call them, that will drive cars like this back and forth. So they sent a couple people out there and uh, to go bring that other car back. And what happened on the way back, these are brand new cars. The car broke down. 
all right, and they couldn't get it fixed. They had to tow it back, so it comes back on a flatbed. It needed a whole new distributor. Okay, this car had like 100 miles on it. And then the people are, are and they fix it up, and they're like, okay, it works good. So <laughs> the people are supposed to come in and get the car. Now, I, unlike most salesmen, I go check the cars. I drive them around. I make sure everything works. I turn the heat on. I turn the air on. I turn the radios on. The radio didn't come on. I'm like, I take it back to the shop. I'm like, look, these people are coming in an hour. The radio doesn't work. They're back there fixing. He goes, uh, uh, the radio's out. He goes, we're going to have to get a radio. They didn't have a radio. I had to delay the sale of the car. I mean, oh, my gosh. That is just garbage. <clears throat> it's not even a Hyundai-branded radio. I mean, it's just like a Pioneer radio or something that they buy. It didn't work. It wasn't connected right or something. And I thought, oh, my God, these people are never going to be happy with this car. If it's already got two problems with it, you know, plus, I didn't know, they didn't ask, fortunately, but I didn't know how I was going to explain how it only had like 100 miles on it because they knew it was coming from St. Louis. They just didn't think about it, I guess. You know, like round-tripping St. Louis would add more miles in it. Oh, it broke down, you know, a couple times on the way over here. It's just a piece of junk. But, uh, you know, for six grand or whatever they were, that's what you got. It's just they've come so far from there. I wouldn't hesitate at all to recommend a Hyundai to someone with the 560 bumper-to-bumper. I think that's a great deal. 10-year powertrain, 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain. <clears throat> the problem is the dealer here, the Hyundai dealer, you got to go back there to get it fixed. And that's a real problem because the dealer here is a pain. Oh, they jack prices up. They uh, really slam you into a car and stuff. So I don't know how the shop would work over there. It's always a dealer issue like that. I wish I could buy cars straight from the manufacturer, but you can't do that yet. But Kia, Kia's and Hyundai, really, number three, they have come so far in their quality from where they were many years ago. I think it's time now to discover, again, yet another reason why we do not live on Mars. This one is a little personal to me. That's why I chose it for today. Um, here we find a lady, surprisingly, well, again, see, here I go again, determining someone's sex without being a biologist. So... Um, if a biologist determines this, that's what it is. So I'm not sure about that, <laughs> right? I kind of make fun of the judge. What do you think about that? Yeah, too bad. Okay, so uh, stupid. Anyways, anyways, good gracious, I'm off course already. There's a reason we don't live on Mars, and it's people like this. <clears throat> it's people like this that uh, screw everything up for everybody else. So this woman, person, whatever she is, is uh, sitting at home, presumably in a regular looking apartment from looking at her. And she's like, you know what I need to do? I need to go to the store. And she has a mini, which is convenient because she lives in Great Britain. So she takes her mini to the store. But apparently the malls there, which I didn't know, many of them have paid parking. But, but you don't have to pay if you got a handicap. Uh, placard and that's what bothers me about this because my wife has a handicap placard and uh because she can't walk very far she has a lot of joint problems and breathing issues and so she needs those front spots just sometimes to hobble into a store or whatever and so whenever i see a car anywhere it's parked in a handicap spot uh i call it in okay i take and here you can uh text the police so you can text them a picture all right so if you don't have a plate or the thing hanging there i call you in because it's very aggravating to me. And by the way, here and in most places, you cannot use that spot unless you are the driver. Okay, the placard is for the driver. If you are driving someone around, you can drop them off at the front door and go park. And that's what I do if the wife is with me. All right, enough about me. 
So this lady goes and parks at the mall and puts a little handicap thing up there. And so she doesn't have to pay. She's in a handicap spot. They call it a blue card there. How convenient. The thing is, it's not her card. It belongs to her grandmother, who is long dead. All right, so that's a problem. I don't know how the police figure this out, but apparently they go confront her, I guess, because she parked there and got out of the driver's door, which is on the wrong side because they're on the other side of the planet, and asked her about it. And she said, oh, I just dropped my grandmother off. Love it. Here's the, you cannot do that. At least here, you can't drop somebody off and then park in that spot because that's for the driver. All right. So they go, oh, you just dropped her off. Where is she or whatever? And she, there, the woman's like, she's over there shopping or whatever. And eventually, apparently after, you know, hanging her, sitting her down and putting a light, sitting on a string over her, she's like, all right, all right. My grandmother's not here because there's a number on that thing, which they ran. It had been canceled when the mother's death was, the grandmother's death was reported. And she said, I was just using it in her honor. I love it in her honor. See, so this person, this selfish person is taking a space from somebody that could use that spot, that needs that spot, because she's just too selfish. And she actually said to the police, she had the money to pay the parking. She just didn't want to pay it. You know, that, that kind of thing, aggravating. So the police have to waste their time with her. She got fined over 1,100 pounds, which is, I don't know, $40 million. Who knows how much of their money is? It's all in metrics. But either way, it's 1,100 pounds, and good for them. I think she should have lost her rights to drive for a while, too. People like that, you know, go along with all the other people that we have on the show, and that's why we can't live on Mars, because of people like this. Hopefully, she won't go with us, especially if she's going to take a mini, which is embarrassing enough. <clears throat> but uh, to use that in honor of her grandmother, I love it. I love it. I should use the one we have here. Well, this is my wife's at home. It's in her honor. That's why I'm parking in the spot. No, we don't do that, right? I think, that, you know, the thing is you should be happy uh, that you can still walk in from the middle of the parking lot or whatever, you know, because there are people that can't, <clears throat> that will never be able to. There are people that have to roll their way in or get pushed in or barely can get in, you know, so be happy that you're out there. It's like a personal vendetta of mine that I see these out there. And this woman is just another person on this list, you know, abusing the system. I think there, I wish there was a better system for it, really. Um, unfortunately, there isn't, but I wish there was. And I think here, too, most of the parking downtown, you can you don't have to pay if you are a handicap, if you have a handicap sticker in the car. That's how they do it in Lafayette. I think you can even go to the parking garage during the week and not pay anything. But uh, here's the thing. You know, people are saying right now, hey, Mark, nobody cares about Lafayette's parking garage. I hear you. So let's let's uh, turn the key and get the heck out of here. So uh, that's what we're doing today. All right. So thanks for listening here today. We do live show on Monday, 1230 p.m. Eastern time. So be there. It's on the YouTubes. Check that out and uh, we'll see you over there. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with another podcast.